Hi parents, it's Robin McMahon here. Thank you for listening to Parenting Our Future, which is in the top 0.5% of all podcasts worldwide. Before we dive into this episode, I wanna invite you to join my membership site, The Parent Toolbox. You can join this membership for free. It's at www.parent-toolbox.com. And this is the companion site to my show, Parenting Our Future. In The Parent Toolbox, you will find game-changing tools and resources from both myself and my guest experts who are among some of the top minds in the parenting space. There are over a hundred resources to help you navigate screen time, co-parenting, meltdown, teenagers, and so much more. Join today at www.parent-toolbox.com. Now back to the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. It's Robin here. How is everybody? Okay, you're going to get a lot better. I just want you to know you are going to get so much better with my guest today, Lauren Isaacs. Oh my gosh, you guys, you're in for such a treat. I am so like, I, I love this topic. I love the idea of talking about our nervous systems, understanding them better, because the more we understand them, the more we can work with them, not against them, so that we can have a calmer, more connected life, and also just accept the ups and downs of life too, and accept who we are as humans and how we're programmed. So I want to talk to you first about who Lauren is, and then we're going to talk all about the nervous system, which I just can't wait to dive into uh, with Lauren. So she's a psychologist and she specializes in trauma and PTSD. She's worked in a variety of settings in different countries all around the world. And her therapeutic approach focuses on the mind body connection and the importance of a regulated nervous system in order to live a balanced life. As a mother of two young children. She's passionate about helping both parents and future generations to befriend their own nervous systems and, and create a loving, healthy, and positive connection. So Lauren, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And we met in a really unique way before this podcast idea ever came up. And you actually contacted me to help you support you with your son who's six. Uh, almost six. Um, so yeah. So what made you reach out to me, if you don't mind me asking? No, of course. Um, as a first time mum, who was learning on the job as they do, and yeah. um, there were just things that I was struggling with. I didn't know what I was doing, and going online and asking advice and getting eight million different answers. Um, at times I just felt stuck, and then I came across your approach, and it really spoke to me. Um, it made sense to me. It made sense to the way I wanted to parent. And so I reached out for a session and we've had it, we've had a few now, two or three. Um, and yeah. for me, it's, yeah, it's amazing just having someone to get some ideas to share with and to say, you know, this is hard. Can you help? Basically. Yeah. And, and it's a funny, I, uh, I didn't know you were a psychologist and then you approached me with this, um, with the work that you're doing. And I just, I, I couldn't get enough of it. So it's called polyvagal theory. And you got to yeah. be careful because it, it looks like it might, it might say polyvagal <laughs> theory, but it's not that. It's polyvagal. Yeah. yeah poly, okay. So, um, so, so maybe we can start with just understanding like what, what is the nervous system? How do all of these different parts of the nervous system? I mean, we hear parasympathetic, we hear sympathetic. What are they? What's the difference? I just want you to take it away. <laughs> Okay, sure. So polyvagal theory was created by Dr. Stephen Porges and Deb Dana. And um, Stephen's work 
was understanding basically the nervous system and how it's a very fashionable word now nervous system nervous system yeah but ultimately um when we are born we obviously don't have cognitive thinking at that point um but what we do have is a nervous system that is from the second we enter this world and potentially even before is picking out cues of safety and danger so when we're born and the mum holds a baby for the first time and looks at the baby and coos and smiles and hugs or feeds or whatever that's giving the nervous system a sign of this is a safe person this is a safe environment um and then for every second from then on the nervous system is working under the radar picking up cues of safety and danger so a baby for example when they hear a sudden loud noise and you see the kind of the jump and the startle that's a nervous system saying okay this is dangerous and it's doing this obviously without cognitive thinking because we don't have cognition at that point. Yeah. And so it starts from the very beginning and it carries on throughout our life. So all of these little kind of dangers that we have give cues to our nervous system about what's safe in the world and what's not. And so once these like dangers, little semi-dangers start, the nervous system's role is to protect us from that. So even, for example, if you have a small child who is bitten by a dog, the nervous system then says, okay, dog equals danger. So there's going to be a response when a child sees a dog. Um, children that grow up in very volatile families with lots of shouting, for example, the nervous system is then cued to shouting being something dangerous. So that is incorporated in the nervous system. And as we get older and more kind of mini traumas or bigger traumas come into life, the nervous system has to protect us by doing its job which is then when we get into patterns of escapism or and it could be depression anxiety alcoholism all those kind of things which are obviously to the extreme um but the nervous system's job ultimately is to keep us safe and it's happening under the radar so even when we become older children and adults and we start having thoughts etc the nervous system is the first point of call the nervous system actually happens before thought does so safety and danger safety and danger that's the nerve mm. that ultimately that's what the nervous system is there to do to decide what is safe and decide what's danger and so does that then work against us in some cases where we we maybe ha- so that yeah that, that's got to be like trauma and ptsd where where we're super heightened so maybe i'll just ask you yeah how, how does that play out later on in life or or yeah I don't know how to ask so the way it plays out is for example if we take um if we take someone that um has grown up with neglect for example mm-hmm. they've been neglected a lot in childhood and I'm taking extreme cases now um but there's been neglect so the nervous system doesn't know how to regulate itself doesn't know what it, it feels like to be loved to be contained, to feel safe, et cetera. So someone like that can then go into life that relationships can be a huge problem because they've never really felt what true connection is. They've never really known what a nervous system, joining a nervous system in a safe containing way is. So they're they're threatened by that. They don't know how to behave in that way. Um, Or someone that's grown up in a very volatile um, situation their nervous system will be very attuned to shouting, hyper-attuned. So they become adults, they get into an adult relationship and their partner raises their voice just a little bit, but mm-hmm. the nervous system says, boom, that is danger. 
And so they shut down or they fight back, the fight, flight or freeze response. So the nervous system happens. And I have so many people I work with that come in and say, I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I behave this way. Hmm. But the point is they can't help it. The nervous system develops patterns to keep us safe. But those patterns as we become older can often then be destructive because they're so ingrained. But as adults, we don't need to protect ourselves in the same way as we do in childhood but it's ingrained at that point. Mm. Now, obviously it can be worked through and changed, but we have to understand it first in order to be able to do that. Yeah, and I and that and that's the good news. It can be changed, right? Uh, so, okay, 100%. so then, so then I do wanna know, what is the difference between trauma and PTSD as it relates okay. to the nervous system? So trauma is the event. Trauma is this the situation, a car crash, um, sexual violation, a situation. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is not about the event itself. It is the response, the internal response and the eternal, uh, internal effect of what has happened. So if someone has a traumatic event and they get support for it straight away, they process it, etc., it's not going to turn into PTSD. You can have two people that go through the exactly the same situation, but if one has grown up in a very loving, caring environment where the nervous system is generally regulated they might not develop ptsd it's very dependent on the situation the nervous system but ptsd is when a particular situation or a number of situations have at least a six-month gap they are not processed and it becomes something where a person can no longer stay in the present when they are triggered Mm -hmm. so it takes you back to the event Ultimately, so if someone has been in an awful car crash and they don't do anything about it and whatever, they think they're okay, And then six, seven, eight months down the line, they get in their car behind the wheel and they have a panic attack. Wow. What is going on? Because their nervous system has taken them back to the event. So and, and what is the purpose of that panic attack? Like, is that is that just fight or flight? Is that just it's you? fight or flight? It's basically the nervous system being so overwhelmed that it's saying that the danger is really extreme right now, we have to get away. And then the the body kind of takes over and the adrenaline kicks in and that's why the heart starts racing and people sweaty hands, et cetera. It's just a flooded nervous system that can't cope. Okay, so this is really all about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like your baseline, right? So is it really your your childhood experiences plus any trauma that you've had equals sort of your baseline is that is that fa- fair to say and everybody's baseline could be different yeah absolutely and also just how we're born you know some kids are born naturally much more sensitive than others okay. just because so we all have a nervous system that is going to be more sensitive to something just genetically or just because the way we are there's a lot of research now that also says how the mother is when the baby's in the womb um actually has an effect which is not to put pressure or blame at all but (laughs) you know we are very stressed stressed out generation with a lot of pressure and stuff so some babies are going to be born in a different environment and we don't know the effects of that yet but certainly the formative years has a massive part which is why for me the parenting and the the stuff that you do is so relevant for me because nervous systems are built in the beginning and if we can get it as right as possible early on there's less work to do later. Oh, I mean, you're, 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 yeah, I mean, this is exactly it. It is exactly it. Uh, and, and it, it also, 
leaves room for mistakes. And, you know, like we were talking earlier that you still get triggered, but you notice it, you know, you notice it now and then you go and you repair it. Right. And I'm always, we're always going to get triggered. There's nothing wrong Uh, with that. Um, that that's life and it's absolutely fine it's just about first of all it takes the shame and blame away a lot of the time that's yes. kind of why am I like this well actually it's not your fault this is your nervous system so it takes away that shame and it also gives a sense of control it's like okay I can do something about this now um, and it then means ah oh, I know what my triggers are now so either how do I avoid these situations or if they're unavoidable how do I help myself in the moment how do I help myself with my kids, with my partner, in a work environment. I mean, it's for, for life. It's in every situation. It's relevant. And particularly in parenting, because there is nothing like your own kids to be able to trigger you in ways that no one else on the planet can. Um, oh, that, that's totally. Reality. Yes, it, that is just, it's so true. In fact, last night I was triggered by my son and I realized like, you know, <laughs> a nanosecond later, that my trigger was all about me. It was all about past stuff. It was all, uh, and and I'll tell you about it really quickly. It was, um, you know, we we just had parent teacher interviews earlier this week and my son, my oldest son is graduating this year. And so we have been on this long journey with this beautiful child of mine who is such a gift and, you know, really has brought me to my knees in parenting him. And he, uh, so we, 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 for the first time ever had some really wonderful comments from teachers that he's really mature teachers that have seen him over the years. He's really matured. He's really caring about the work. He really, really wants to do the work and what he's producing is really good. And boy, did that ever feel good for my husband and I, we're like mm-hmm. high five it on our way out of the door of the school. Like got this we're so good but anyway so fast forward to, to to last night and uh my son is sick yesterday yesterday is thursday today is friday and he wants to stay home okay so he's not feeling good i gave him the benefit of the doubt i let him stay home knowing that there was still from these teachers there was some work to be done and then his teacher emails me saying he missed a crucial class today. And by the way, Monday is the start of spring break. So now he's off for two weeks. So you add this plus anyway, so he missed a crucial class. We have just talked to this teacher, you know, she knows us, she's seen her face. She's talked to us. Right. And, uh, and this is what he needs to do. He needs to be ready for tomorrow. He needs to have this done. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, so I go up to him and I've printed out what he needs to read. I've given him the link that he can listen to the audio. And he's like, no, I'll just listen to the audio. And I'm like, no, you've got to read it too, because your brain is going to take it in when you read it and you listen to it. Right. And so then I ended up yelling at him. I'm like, just talk. Yelling at him about it. It was all stressed out and it was all about me. It was all about me. It was me because I've met the teacher and I don't want her to think badly of me. I don't want to have to deal with the stress that you are not going to have that done. I, uh, you know, I don't want to feel stressed out in the summer if you have to take summer school or if you don't graduate. So like, it was like all of this, it was like a wave of fear. It was a wave of fear. And then guess what? Today, he stayed home again. He's got a major migraine. He's sick again. So it just like, oh, oh, down. So, yeah. Okay. So what, that's exactly the point. I mean, you were able to already see that it was all about you. But in a situation like that, what then happens? Okay. 
you kind of pause, you take a breath and say, wow, what is going on right now? I'm completely flooded and dysregulated. Yeah. What is happening? And you go inside and you check. And as you said, fear came up. So again, it's not about blaming or shaming yourself. It's about saying, wow, I'm scared right now. Fear is happening in my nervous system. So with compassion for yourself, you kind of help yourself realize what is happening help yourself to re-regulate, talk the fears through with your son if it's relevant and if not, not. But then, you know, be able to go back and if the yelling stuff's already done, then obviously, you know, to repair and whatever. But the more that we do this stuff, the more we can start feeling it come on. And at times we can stop ourselves with that reaction. Not always, but sometimes we can. Yeah. Even just acknowledging that you were scared of that fear, that's just your nervous system talking, Mm. that's all. And, and it makes sense because we have had so many struggles throughout the years with school, with failing, with, you know, like all the things, right? And uh, and, it, and it does make sense if you knew my life and you knew what was going on. And and also, you know, I was able to go back to him. And I here's what I've also noticed is that the, the anger and the fear don't take hold of me quite as tightly as they have in the past. Like I did sort of... I did, I did a bit of a fight or flight, you know, I, I I was like, just do it. And then I, you know, walked away and he was still saying things to me and I just ignored it. And, you know, I just had to, I had to walk away, but I noticed that it doesn't last as long. And so I I wonder if that's just from your perspective, if if that's part of the work too, you know, because I do work on this, you know, I am. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, the more aware we are, then the less, the less we become. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, um, so, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to know that it's okay. I'm glad to know that I'm only normal. And look, I, I say it all the time as a parent coach, I have yelled, um, you know, said and done things that I'm not proud of. And, and I, I also know that it's still an opportunity to go back and connect with your yourself, go back and connect with your kids, you know, to say, look, this is what I was feeling. This is what I was needing. And, you know, can we move and it's a great lesson. Here? Yeah. You know, kids don't need to see us as perfect. That that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to say, okay, yeah, I messed up then, and this is how I felt, and to share, and kids get it. You know, I've told my son before when I shouted out out of fear when I thought he was going to run across the road, and I completely overreacted because he wasn't sitting down explaining to him. I was, mummy was so scared right now. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was petrified in that minute. He gets it and then the repair is done on his nervous system because our nervous systems are always communicating with the the person we're talking to so yeah. their nervous systems then pick up if we're an anxious angry mess their nervous system is t- picking that up but if we're able to say okay this is how i felt they feel that repair and their nervous system then responds to that and it also gives them permission to say okay well i was scared or angry or whatever it is um and this is my nervous system it's my nervous system speaking. I think that's powerful because we do co-regulate off of each other and our kids co-regulate off of us. So the way we show up and the energy we bring and the, right. And the, the stability yeah. that we have in our showing impacts our kids in a big way. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's the, the ways that our own triggers and pasts and stuff. I mean, a very simple example for me, I took my son, um I went to pick him up from nursery and he loves playing football soccer and there were some older kids playing and he went to join in and I was so proud of him that he did that and they picked kind of teams and he was like the last one to be picked 
and my heart sunk and I went into the whole story of oh he's been the last one and it's so sad and blah 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 and then he played for a little bit and I was really stuck in my story then totally dysregulated in the sadness and fear and whatever mm-hmm. he came running off and he was like mummy mummy the boys played with me they let me play he didn't even notice that he'd been oh. the last one picked it didn't register with him for a second it was all me And I really got lost in the sadness and stuff. And I could have cried in that moment. And he was so happy. So again, it's okay. It's our own triggers. That was my trigger from my past and my whatever it was. It had nothing to do with him. Um, And that's okay. But even if he hadn't been really sad and been like, they didn't pick me and stuff, then great. There's an opportunity to sit and to say, well, how does that feel? It's really hard, isn't it? And to really be in their space and be with their pain as opposed to making of our own. If I had have stayed regulated and he hadn't had a negative experience, I could have just been there to hold his pain and to hold the experience instead of getting lost in it myself. Because yeah. then they pick up on that and then they feel bad because we feel bad. And then there's this dynamic happening. And as parents, it's so hard Obviously, when our parent, when our kids are struggling and they're sad and stuff, it's so hard. But the best, best, best thing we can do is just be with them in their experience because we can't fix it. We can't protect them from everything. Yeah. It's just so hard. But if we stay regulated as much as possible, we're giving them the biggest tools in life for them to be able to deal with the struggles they are inevitably going to face. And that is safety too would it not be that you just you know if if they'll allow it but just wrap your arms around them literally or figuratively and just hold them hold space for their emotions their struggles and just be there don't make it about you notice if you are notice if you are right that that's okay too yeah like I am doing and and you know it's it's so interesting that you that you say it like this because I always describe it uh, as parenting on two sides and I use my hands to talk all the time. So I've got my hands up if you're just listening, not watching on YouTube. Um, but on one hand is our kids and what's going on with them and what they're doing, what they're experiencing, all of that stuff. And then on the other side, it's us and our reaction to what's happening with them. And our reaction comes from all of our past stuff and what, you know, just our stress, our mindset at that moment, like where we are, we could be stressed. Our boss could have just upset us. And then we see our child over here and then we just miss the mark. They go to communicate with us and we don't get it. We go to communicate with them and they don't get it because we're not talking about the same thing at the same time right? Absolutely. Exactly yeah. that. And yeah. then, uh, the way I explain it with obviously different ages, a uh, different language, but with my six-year-old son who has anger outbursts like all six-year-olds do, and he really yes. gets lost in it. And it's very triggering for me when he gets that. When It doesn't happen too often, but when he does, he loses it. He really yeah. loses it. And it's very triggering for me. So what I was able to explain to him once I had calmed down and later on, that when he gets that really angry, sometimes I'm not able to be the best mummy that I can be. Because in my body, my tummy gets really like tight and knotted when you're like that. So sometimes I get angry with you or I don't know what the right thing is to say. And I'm scared to say the wrong thing because it's going to make you more angry. And so now we have this thing that when he does get really angry, I can say to him, okay, my tummy's in knots right now. Or he can say to me, my tummy's in knots. I need you to do whatever. Um, And that's massive because, again, it's a shared language of me I'm using not the nervous system language because that's too complex, but to saying to him, this is what's happening in my body when you get really angry. And it removes him in a way from the situation, the anger and the story. And it gives me permission to say, I don't have to be the perfect mummy right now because I can't be. 
and that's just paying attention to my nervous system. His anger triggers me, and I don't think that's going to change. So it's how we deal with that. It's not about mm. trying to make make him stop being angry because he's six years old. He's going to get angry. He's going to have outbursts sometimes. Mm. I have to learn how to deal with it with the nervous system that I have. Mm. I'm I'm hearing such a strong message about just acceptance of just accepting what is. You know, uh, accepting that I am human. And yeah, we've just got to stop blaming ourselves. We just really have to stop and accept our kids for who they are. They're going through things. And I think that, you know, as, as parents, you know, well, even to back up, you know, you're a psychologist. So, you know, for how long did you study to be a psychologist, but how long did you study to be a mom? You know, we don't spend any time really doing that. You know, me, me too. I didn't spend any time. I've, I've, I've had to, you know, had to go back and study to really understand it. And it's things like this that aren't really that complicated that really just help us to just understand and say, oh, that's all it is. And that's, you know, this is the mission that I'm on is to help parents just understand more and be able to move forward in their relationships with their kids with just a better understanding of what drives us, what motivates us what triggers us you know and and that we're just human first right we're human beings first. we're not perfect so okay so with all of that said I want to ask you what what do you say about somebody who is stuck in extreme anxiety and then I and then then my next and last question is going to be what are some of the things that we can do in that moment when we are really triggered or when our child is in the midst of a, of a, of a really big explosive meltdown, what do we do there? So first, how do we handle ourselves or somebody we know who's in constant anxiety, constantly anxious? So if we're talking about a nervous system that is constantly dysregulated, then that's something that needs real work. I mean, ultimately therapy really um okay. because it's not some it's not just a quick fix a b and c um there are lots of tools out there to help start re-regulating nervous system the first thing to understand is that a it's not your fault and b it's your nervous system that's taken cues and messages potentially for many many years saying this isn't safe this isn't safe this isn't safe so it's about starting to create safety it's starting to think about what things in life make you feel safe in a general sense? Um, when is it that you feel safe? Who is it that you feel safe with? What situations make you feel calm and relaxed and, and connected? Those kind of things. Because what you're trying to send the nervous system, the message is I can be safe in this situation. So mm-hmm. there isn't a quick, okay, fix, A, do A, B, and C, and that's it. It's obviously a whole process, but ultimately, it's about trying to reteach the nervous system the world isn't all dangerous. One can be safe in in this situation. Yeah. Well, I have a I have a I have two sons, and my other son um, has gone through a period where he is not wanting to go to school. He doesn't feel safe at school. It makes it brings on physical symptoms for him, um, which which is is kind of a um, somatization is, is, is sort of what they've described it as, right? Like when you think about something, your tummy hurts, right? Like there's nothing wrong with your stomach. You just sort of somatize that feeling. And, uh, and so, and that's exactly what we've been doing. So just to, to, to sort of bring the example into, to life, um, you know, we keep saying like, you just need to keep going to school so that your 
mind and your body know that you're safe at school, right? And the more traction he gets at school, the more he'll feel safe. So it's like a big snowball. And then we give him, you know, he's, 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 he's gotten support and, and, and therapy and that sort of thing too, but to really help him to, you know, to, to connect with himself, to calm down, to regulate, you know, all of that stuff. Exactly. Because what happens with anxiety is there's a phrase, um, window of tolerance. We have a wide window of tolerance for some things and a very narrow window of tolerance for other things based on who we are and experiences. So for whatever happened to your son, his window of tolerance around being at school became very narrow. So mm-hmm. going to school creates physical anxiety, etc. So what what we want to do is start expanding that window of tolerance again so going to school is a bit complicated because you can't do it really slowly you kind of have to go but with someone else's clients I will say okay try and do this for one minute or for four minutes and it's learning to be comfortable with the discomfort it's not about getting rid of the discomfort the second we say we've got to get rid of the discomfort you it's a it's an internal battle that you're not going to win but if you say it's okay for me to be uncomfortable I can just learn to live with the discomfort that's much more achievable and it it tends to work better that way. Mm. So it's kind of thinking, okay, what small things can be done to make it a bit safer at school or wherever? And how can I build that window of tolerance? So it gets bigger and bigger as we go along. That is, that is, that's, that's really great. And I haven't heard it said that way. And I love that. That's really great. So then what can we do to help us and our kids in the moment become more, regulated if we're dysregulated right so there are so many different tools and things out there um, and I can tell you a few <laughs> things that work really well for me personally yeah. um one one good thing that works for most people is the breath the breath yes. is really the center of everything so for me what I do when I feel myself becoming dysregulated particularly with my kids because you know it's always crazy and hectic with the kids and stuff so the first point is the pause just pause and breathe Actually, really just even pay attention to your breath. You don't even have to change your breath. You don't have to forcibly breathe. Just pay attention. What's going on right now? And when I'm triggered with my kids and I pay attention, I'm never breathing fully. My breath is always getting trapped. So even just paying attention, taking that pause and paying attention to your breath is one thing that works really well for me. There's um, a particular breathing pattern that I really like. It's called box breathing. And it's breathing in for four, out for four, in for four, out for four. As you imagine the box, that really helps my nervous system. Some people don't like it, but it's one, it's a good one for me. Um, I would say the, the next thing that we can do is to look at a situation when, um, this works well for when we're blaming ourselves and going crazy. Um, when, for example, I took my, uh, daughter, to her nursery a few weeks ago and it's a sports day and I've forgotten her shoes and um, her particular uh, sports shoes and I go went into the crazy cycle of I've forgotten them I'm the worst mum and blah, 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 blah. so yeah. you just stop and say okay right I've gone into complete dysregulation now and I've really gone too far if I was to look at this in a different way if I was to actually come from this from a different angle if I wasn't dysregulated right now or I was looking at another mum in this situation how could I look at it differently And then I said to myself, okay, so has anything awful happened? No. If I asked every parent in this nursery right now, have you ever forgotten something that your kids needed? Put your hands up. Every single one will put their hands up. And so to really kind of just stop in the moment and say, if I was able to look at this from a regulated space, 
how would they look at it differently? And it's amazing when we do that, it can the nervous system can really respond to that. And so mm-hmm. I was able to say, okay, this is really not the end of the world. I'm going to contact my first client and apologize, but I'm going to be 10 minutes late. So I'm going to run home and bring the shoes back and able to do that. And so then my day flowed. Had I not, and I'd stayed in dysregulation, I would have rushed to work, felt guilty, been thinking about my daughter, not been present for my first client and, and, and. Mm. So sometimes yeah. to just stop and to just say, okay, I'm really dysregulated and that's why I'm lost in my story and that's why everything's going the way it's going. But if I wasn't dysregulated, how could I see it differently? So mm. that's another tool. That's that huge. Use. Yeah, um, and I hear two things. I hear self-compassion and reframing. That's what I hear. Like, how can absolutely. I reframe this, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and the thing, sorry, go ahead. I was fine. The final one was going to be very similar to what you said earlier when you noticed the fear. It's just stopping. If the the language of emotions is very challenging for some people, mm-hmm. but people that do have it, um, a really good tool is to just stop and just kind of close your eyes and actually ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Not what is my story, not is what my perception, what is my feeling? So I'm feeling sad or angry or mm-hmm um confused or fear or whatever it is so not the perceptions not i'm kind of i'm rejected that's a perception that's not a feeling what's the actual feeling and when we connect to the real feeling it can be a game changer it can really be a game changer well and from a brain perspective what we know to be true is to name it is to tame it so the your, your brain will release soothing neurotransmitters to the part of the brain that's activated and heightened in emotion to calm it down. Right. And it's the same with the breathing. There's a connection between your lungs and your brain that says, when I'm breathing slowly and deeply, I'm safe. So all of this is connected. And that's, that's what I love about it. And what I love about what you're saying is that you're saying that the nervous system responds to this. So this is, this is not just a thought, an idea, it, you know, uh, and people just say, oh, just breathe. Like, hold on. <laughs> you know what? Actually, yes, just breathe. Even though yeah. it sounds like, you know, like I'm bre- like, oh, you know, just breathe. No, actually do, do like yeah. take a moment, notice the story, right? Reframe. Yeah. Yeah. It really and- can be that simple. We tend to compli- complicate things that really can be. Um, it absolutely can sometimes we need to and I think a lot of the advice that you give which is the whole um, setting boundaries and being when our kids can't and they need us to step up and allow them to have the tantrum and to put the boundary in no matter what I think in those situations it's vital and I sometimes have to particularly my daughter who she loves a tantrum sometimes when I know it's coming I have to stop I have to sit down I have to give myself 30 seconds to breathe because I know it's going to be really challenging. And if I am not, I'm not going to create the safety for her to have her tantrum and to come out of it. Um, she can pull me in. So it's really yeah. important that we're able to say, right, I need to step aside for a minute. I, I just have to go over there for 30 seconds and I need to get myself ready for what's coming. I love that you said she can pull me in because that's exactly what happens to us so many times, right? And you just said she loves a tantrum, which... It's not that they love a tantrum. I, it's that they need it. Sometimes yeah. it's a pressure valve because they don't understand their feelings. They don't know how to deal with them and they can't articulate them. So like, yeah, I got to blow yeah. off the steam somehow. 
so completely completely accepting that that is a normal natural thing is also really big not punish it not fight against it not tell them to stop yes it'll happen in front of your mother-in-law yes it will happen in front of your friends and embarrass you it will happen in the store it will happen in front of your boss it will happen in all the worst places at the worst times Mm -hmm. possible and it's still okay. It's still okay. And I guarantee you the people that you think are looking at you and judging you are going, oh yeah, I've been there too. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of look of empathy and sympathy. And yeah, you're right. What I say about my daughter loves it. You're right. She doesn't love it. She just is a very strong willed girl who knows what she wants and it's not fair when she can't have it. But if I get pulled into, oh no, and I'm not making a look, whereas if I can stay regulated, okay, she's disappointed. She's going to take 10, 15 minutes to get out of a disappointment but she feels safe in her emotions. And that's that's the biggest thing we want to give our kids, to welcome all of their emotions, Mm -hmm. even the ones that trigger us, especially the ones that trigger us. Because if we do the work, then they're not going to grow up struggling the same way that we do. Yeah. And look at those triggers as invitations, as invitations to connect back to yourself, to your kids. Why am I so triggered? And look, that's what you and I do. That's what we do. That's what I do with parents all day long is like, okay, let's talk about what you're feeling. Even when somebody comes to me and says, okay, how do I deal with the, the iPad time? How do I deal with them being so obsessed? I'm like, well, hold on a second. Let's just talk about this for a second. Like, where is this coming from? You know? And I, I mentioned to a, a client of mine um, about this just the other day and really it was more that she's just worried they're not getting outside enough. And so we just had to like, okay, like let's, let's challenge that story. Is that true? You know, is, you know, and so we were able to go, oh yeah, like, no, they, they, they've, they've already spent a whole day at school. They don't, you know, like anyway, we just worked it out. Right. And, uh, and it made her feel so much better. So sometimes we need help with it. And that's really what you and I do. And we all have blind spots too. And so we need that help and support and uh, it can come in the form of what you're doing. It can come in the form of what I'm doing there is help out there and you deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel regulated because I'll tell you what, living in dysregulation does not feel good. And, you know, if you're worried about getting help, the only thing I'll say to you is you're already uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes doing the work is uncomfortable, but you're already uncomfortable, but the work will get you so much closer to living the life that you really want and living your best life and also modeling this for your kids. Because if you're doing all of these things, if you're connecting to your breath, if you're using box breathing and you're reframing and you're looking at like, how can I look at this differently and giving yourself self-compassion and noticing your feelings, your kids will start to do it too. Especially if you speak in the language of feelings and needs. Completely. hundred percent. And they pick it up so quickly. It's amazing. It's amazing how quickly that they, they utilize it and it works. It really works. Oh, it's so good. Thank you so much for sharing this. I'm so excited to to tell everybody about you and this work because it's just so important. And so you have the most awesome toolbox item for us. It is the beginner's guide to polyvagal theory. Uh, and you really just explain it in simple ways. You look at it like a ladder or like a house, uh, just to really illustrate what happens when we're in these different states and that there is that they all have, they all serve a purpose. We're not favoring one over another, that they all serve a purpose and we're just noticing. And um, so you can go to the the parent-toolbox.com to get that. And then I want people to go, if they have more questions about this, if you are left with questions and wanna know more, please go to body-sense.org. Uh, that's Lauren's website. And um, it, 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 where else can people find you? 
Um, they can find me. I'm, I mean, on, on Facebook. Um, that, that's probably the best. I can also send you my email. People are welcome to reach out. Um, okay. To, to my email address. That's okay, perfect. Fine. So we will we'll put that in the show notes for you. But but definitely go to www.body-sense.org and then your body sense at uh, uh, on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I just, I think this is really groundbreaking information material that will just help us live a better life. And that's what we all want to do, even when there are traumas, even when there are things that are so stressful, we can still get through them without them taking us down. 100%. Every single nervous system wants to be regulated, intrinsically knows how to. We just have to learn to get out of our own way, ultimately. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.